0: Greetings Commanders and welcome to episode 156 of Lave Radio, the show that talks about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, second technician, fozza Forrester, and joining me in the Orange Sidewinder for this episode, we have the Head of Health and Safety, Mr. Ben Moss Woodward. Can anyone hear me? Is it working?
1: <laughs> I can hear you. <laughs> it's
0: alright, we, we've, we've hit it with the wrench, I'm sure everything is working perfectly now uh we also have our head of entertainment mr christopher jarvis
1: hello everybody
0: greetings guys and i have to say for for once this rusty old orange sidewinder is actually looking reasonably spacious there's only the three of us in here tonight
1: i know i might not have to sit on the coffee machine
0: <laughs> no you still have to make the coffee though that's your job uh,
1: okay yeah that's fair enough, fair enough. <laughs>
0: Uh, If you wish, guys, you can, and uh, I'm actually going to try and put out a request here. If you can, we would like you to join us in-game live. Um, We're going to start off by hanging out outside the Orange Sidewinder in Lave. Uh, I'm sure you know it by now, but if you look for the uh, civilian broadcast, you should be able to get to the Orange Sidewinder. We're going to try and rally up a a group of guys, and we're going to do some uh, Lave Radio Network missions in-game tonight just to see whether or not we can't actually bump up the uh the faction standings in the uh in the system because uh we are doing well i mean we always do woefully poor uh with the faction standings but we're quite interested to see whether or not there is anything that we can do in the short space of time that the show is on just to see whether or not we can we can cause a bit of a bump uh in the tick for tomorrow so uh jarvis and ben i think you're both doing in-game missions are you not
1: yeah i, I will be yeah Yeah, I'm a bit curious because um, the sort of last week, well, not last week, the week before, I was sort of playing a bit of uh, Ellie Dangerous. And I I was sort of taking it upon myself to go out to Castellan Station and just pick up just loads of missions for Lave Radio Network. And I'm sure, because there was hardly anybody out there, I'm sure I single-handedly managed to bump Lave Radio status by about 2%. Um, and then, Taking of course, us
0: from I've, what to what?
1: From 5% up to 7%. <laughs> so not still not great, but it is, you know, nevertheless an upwards direction. And, of course, I've been away for the weekend and uh, that sort of thing. And now, of course, we're back down to 5%. So, um, yeah, I mean, we have this, you know, we have this sort of standing problem with obviously the the position of our of our group uh, in-game. That because it's Lave, obviously Lave is a popular system for lots of players. And because Lave Station also has a rare it's actually quite hard work to actually really kind of try and achieve anything with, uh, with, with late radio network standing in the system. But it would be nice if we could you know, get one of the smaller stations like Castellan or Awareness.
0: Yeah, and we've, you know, we've been in Civil War a couple of times, but we just haven't managed to sort of get our act together quick enough to actually uh, do anything about it.
1: I know, I know. I think it's mostly because it's it's only it's only actually us on Lay Radio doing it, and of us, there is only about two or three of us that even care. So, what we just I, need to I do is.
2: I think Lennon does some things for it sometimes. I'm sure he said that he does some stuff. Ah, uh, Lennon is. Yeah,
0: awesome. I mean that there has been a few people out in the community who have sent us messages saying, look, I've just done all these missions for lay radio. And then we all feel bad because actually the, you know, the listeners are actually doing far more missions for it than uh, any of the hosts are. So, uh, we, we should get better. You know, if it was new year, that would be our new year resolution to actually do more stuff for the lay radio network. Um, but I have to say the woman who's in charge of the lay radio networking system, she's not a looker, is she? She's like the grand from hell. I quite
1: like her. She's grown Mm -hmm. on me. She's grown She's, she's sort of you, familiar- she? she's, no, 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 she's just a famili- she? she's just a familiar face. You know, it's nice to come back to a familiar station and to be greeted by some. You know, sometimes you want to be where everybody knows your name, and <laughs> uh, <laughs> that is that is the thing. I mean, of course, we could just. You know, it, it seems like. I mean, Grant always says, "Oh, we should just get the truckers involved." And because of the massive amount of truckers now, it feels like massive cheating. To just say to the truckers, "Hey, can you come and win us a station?" I feel like I feel like we should be doing it ourselves, uh, but at the same time, I, I am not above hiring them.
2: <laughs> I, st- I st- still feel, you know, we're we're a couple of schmucks in a in a stolen Asbo Sidewinder. We've got no business running stations.
1: Oh yeah, no, 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 no. that's that's why you know I um, <laughs> would never would never necessarily have any sights on taking over actual Lave station. But if we could claim like Castellan or Variness, that'd be cool. Particularly now, Awareness is a uh, sweet Variness. asteroid oh, station. Is awesome,
0: but surely it's an asteroid station. that's going to make it harder, not easier, to take over. Is that not sort <laughs> of thing it at the same sort of level as a um, as a Coriolis?
1: I I I have to confess to not being much of a background sim expert. uh, Yeah. I just do do what I can and I I try not to sell off. I try not to sell too much exploration data or um, cash in too many bounties. At the station, while I'm there, I sort of take them out of system and do them somewhere else. Um,
2: I think, is it 10 million, I think, is your...
0: 10 million a day is your limit... Or oh, what you can cash in and actually have it counted towards? Yeah. I see, I didn't know that either.
1: Where's uh, yeah. the manual on the background simulation? No, but, no, no, but the point is when you, when you cash in, when you cash in uh, bounties or when you hand in exploration data, that goes towards the influence of the group that controls that station. So until a radio network has, a, has at least ownership of a station, there is no point cashing in any of that data. There isn't really any point trading either, because all that trade value goes towards the um, the group that controls the station it is worth though, I mean you can take on pretty good missions for things like going and getting certain resources and bringing them back uh, one of the ones I've found that A, pays a lot and B seems to boost the influence quite a bit is those planetary scanning missions mm-hmm. they seem to be pretty good and you can, you can quite often get upwards of a million credits per scan for those missions um, plus like a fair amount of system influence and for some reason and i find this very bizarre um they're paying you a lot of money to go and scan because i thought oh it's going to be one of these things where i'm going to get i'm going to get shot at it's going to be like an illegal data hack that's a public network they're basically paying you a million credits to go to the library for them (laughs) so i mean you know i'll take the money and the influence i'm 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 happy but uh yeah you sort of feel Um, like there's something highly suspicious (laughs) <laughs> I mean, it might
0: have changed since the last time I was running around doing uh, Labour Radio Network missions, but it seemed very difficult to actually find any missions that you could do. If they uh, have they upped the number of missions that uh, are appearing?
1: No, it's better now. They did in one of the recent um, performance tweaks for missions. They made it so that more missions were appearing for um, the, the smaller share um, of the smaller share groups. It was it was in one of it was in one of the bug lists that they produced. I forget when it was. but basically there was a specific thing where they said they needed to actually boost the number of missions spawning for factions that had like lower. because I think originally there was like, well, the bigger the influence of the faction, the more missions get generated by the background sim, but actually then that was frustrating because it was making it even harder for the smaller factions to build up. Reputation, yeah. so I think they did another pass in it, and they've just made sure now that all the factions on the board have a decent amount of missions that they can hand out. I think, I think depending on the state of the faction determines what kinds of missions you get.
0: Okay, well,
2: for well, we'll so what it's so worth,
1: we're in boom at the moment. Yeah, okay. a, lot, a lot of the a lot of it seems to be in boom.
0: And for those people that aren't following the background simulation manual, what does boom mean? I think it means good things for yeah. <laughs> yeah. oh, Be- that isn't the name buddy but yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> better yeah it's better it's, it's 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 better payouts on missions better missions more missions as i understand it uh, an increase in the value of the commodities market i think possibly an increase in exploration data but don't quote me on that
0: so what I'm picking up from this is that we need to go away and uh, and read up on the background simulation as well.
2: It is it is uh, anybody... really complicated
1: and it, it has evolved since since we last properly looked into the background simulation for the show. It has changed and evolved quite a bit and it's one of the things that frontier are constantly tweaking. So I I personally uh, would would welcome having an having an update from another expert. Um, I mean, you know, again, if we talk to the Hutton guys, because they obviously have been very successful in the growth of their group, and not just because of obviously the huge number of players that have aligned themselves to the Hutton Orbital Truckers group, uh, but also because they have, you know, they have real expertise in how to manage the process of developing a system and expanding it.
0: Um, okay well I mean maybe that's a maybe that's an idea for a a future show I know we've had the guys on before talking about the uh, the background simulation but maybe in the same way that we're doing a a hardware and peripherals uh, guide uh, maybe we should have a a a show or a couple of shows on background simulation for those people that want to start their own faction or want to join up to a faction in the system and what the best way is to get your Mm. faction to uh, to having its own station and taking over the system
1: and I, and I think what would be really interesting as well for some of the players, because obviously if you're in if you're in a very big player group, so if you're in something like Hutton or you're in something like Canon or any of these things, your, your group naturally will probably have the resources and the understanding as a group to kind of manage that. And you're like, like Hutton puts out a thing on a regular basis saying this is what we want our pilots to do this week, that kind of thing. Um, I think what would be particularly interesting, I think for a lot of players, is if you're in a smaller player group, if there's only five to ten of you, say. Um, Or even if it's just you and a couple of mates, do you know what I mean? You're not in, like, a proper player group. Um, But you've decided to go into the game, you've you've decided on a system that you want to call home, and you've decided on a faction. It's probably not one you've named, because obviously Frontier don't name, you know, factions for just anybody. You have to be an established and, and, and fairly significant group to get that. But maybe as a player, you've decided that a particular system is your home, and you are gunning for a particular, you know, group, existing group within that system that you want to call your own. You might want to do what you can to boost that that particular group's um, interests. you and a couple of mates. And I think it'd be really interesting to understand what can be done by a small group of players. I did read a guide or, or watch a video or something the other day where somebody was explaining that if you were a solo player, if you wanted to have an influence on the background sim, it was all about choosing the right system. Uh, right. So it'd be, it'd be really interesting to have somebody talk about that.
0: Thinking about it, we can get the <laughs> uh, the Hutton uh, hot pit team. Uh, they're the guys that sort of uh, do the background simulation So much stuff. more
1: organised than us. <laughs>
0: yeah, absolutely. We'll get the, the hot pit team on uh, to talk about it. Uh, as I say, we're we're not we're not averse in this show to dragging in a few ringers from time to time when, uh, <laughs> when their knowledge is uh, far exceeds our own, which seems to be most of the time these That's days true. with the size the game is getting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so guys, if you are if you are messing about in game and you're listening to this on Twitch, then uh, get yourself over to Live Radio. I think Ben's going to hang around the Orange Sidewinder uh, for another. Probably ten or fifteen minutes, and then I think it's going to be all split and grab some missions, and then uh, talk in game about what missions you've got, if you've got any interesting ones, or if you need any any help or a winging up in order to complete them. Uh, should we cool. head off
2: to Warrenus? Because I think that that's a nice, pretty place, isn't it?
0: Yeah, head off to the uh, the new asteroid base. Head yeah. off to Warrenus. There's, there's actually there's a load of commanders
2: here already. We've got one, two, three. I think there's a good what fifteen commanders here already. Cool. Excellent, though. Awesome. It's, it's, it's all busy here tonight, which is awesome. And poor, poor commander's getting rammed in their sidewinders by boosting uh, co- co- corvettes.
0: Okay, well, uh, again, for those people that are tuning into this episode hoping to hear the third part of our guide that we promised you last week, uh, unfortunately, two members of our crew, Grant and Colin, have just got family issues that they're trying to deal with this evening, so aren't able to be on. So rather than jarvis myself and ben do a botched job of it um we're going to push that back till next week uh where we're also going to have an interview with uh with paul uh from HCS because uh, they have got some really interesting stuff coming up with their their voice packs uh keep an eye on all of their streams all their social streams uh over the next week or the next few days in fact it might already be out uh, to see what they've got coming in the pipeline but uh, i've had a chat with paul already uh, and it really does seem like it might be quite an exciting little add-on uh, to the game so uh, what we 're going to do for this one is going to be a-, a shortened show we're going to uh, focus a little bit on the uh control alt space uh winners that have been announced that's the uh, the in game video uh, um, awards that frontier have just announced uh, but before that i think uh, I think it would be remiss of us not to uh, not to mention uh what's happened in in real life over the last 24 hours so all of us on the orange sidewinder crew fall into that wonderful forum dad demographic and most of us here have parents uh, you know we are parents of young children and i've been watching and brought to tears a number of times today watching the aftermath of the terrorist attack on manchester arena so just to say that our thoughts and i'm sure the thoughts of all the elite dangerous players in the galaxy are with those people that have been affected by the tragedy over the last 24 hours. It really was quite horrific. Okay, so let's kick on and let's talk about the development news. So obviously the big news and the main thing that we're going to focus on for this particular episode is the Control Alt Space 2017 winners. So for those people that are sort of new to the game, this isn't the first time Frontier have done a a video um, competition uh it's the first time we've seen it with the camera suite sort of really sort of brought up to date but um we got some interesting videos last year uh did we not in fact we, the one that i really liked was the one that uh used the sort of the wing commander uh video in uh video trick where they had people talking on comms and having a little image of themselves uh that really made me chuckle uh, and <laughs> i know it would be far too uh Far too intensive and resource, and that one I know is definitely not just a flicking a switch on the server uh, mm-hmm. for Frontier to be able to do it. But it uh, it was one of the elements of Wing Commander that I really loved when you had a communication come in that uh, someone's image, a little video, popped up on your head up display, and uh, and talked you through member parts of the part of the story. So I thought that was really cleverly done. Um, now I haven't managed to get through all of the Control Alt Space 2017 uh, videos, but um, Ben, before we announce any of the winners, uh, what were your thoughts on uh, on the entries? Did you have oh, any
2: favorites? I, had, I did. I had. I really liked Laser Cops because it was a funny one, and it was actually it was quite like your the one that won last time with the I had a lot with the um, in-game comms and putting voice actor like putting the actors in the game and i really i really liked that it was a funny little story and um, it was just a nice little thing um t- no that wasn't, uh, there was uh there's another one that i really liked which was sticky bee which was a very catchy little song um done by entropy 101 i think it was who's the same guy who did the gal cop videos and what he did another really unique idea in that he was mixing the in-game assets with hand-drawn art so he'd replaced your the commanders in the cockpits with hand-drawn art and you know he had mm-hmm. stylized explosions occasionally and it was just really unique look for the video which i thought worked really well
1: no sticky b is really good i mean i, I, I you know I'm a sucker for any kind of hand-drawn animation stuff, so I I really liked that. I actually really liked, um, the one that really made me laugh was the one that was like a song, um, reminded me a bit of the old Portal song. It was a thing called Cobra Mark III, which was just this kind of player's love letter to the, <laughs> to the Cobra Mark III and just, you know, because the song kind of sets up as like, well, you know, I want to do a bit of combat, so I like the Sidewinder and I want to do a bit of trading so I like the Adder and, and all this sort of stuff. And then it was like, oh, if only there was a ship out there where I could do all these things <laughs> at once. It's like, ah, Cobra Mark III, it's so it's so wonderful kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, that was, uh, that was one that I really enjoyed. That one actually, I was surprised that one wasn't even in the shortlist i think that was under our i don't know if it's our section or whether it's frontier section but it was listed under honorable mentions
2: it's honorable mentions I think, yeah, yeah
1: um i really liked that one i also really liked there was another one that was on uh, sorry let me just land <laughs> <laughs> um i'm getting i'm getting pad loitering warnings while i'm talking to you guys here um
2: this is why we don't usually do things in game whilst we're on the radio because no, we get distracted whilst we're talking
1: it does make it really awkward. Um, the other one, the one I really liked was Void by uh, Orion One. I, I mean, it didn't kind of, it didn't develop into anything, and I, and I can understand. I'm, I'm going to talk in a minute about about Frontier's kind of judging process for this because I, I get why certain videos either won or didn't won, didn't win, um, and I understand why Void wasn't shortlisted because it didn't kind of develop into anything it was about a minute and a half long but i would say the first minute 15 of that video is just stunningly beautiful and it's not it's not a particularly great showcase for for really dangerous necessarily as a game because it's lots of very far off shots of things like a ship really in the distance traveling across like you know, coming out of the shadow of a planet, or there's a really nice shot of some rings. And it kind of reminded me of, um, like, the beginning of Alien. You know the beginning of Alien, where you've just got the, the the void of space and then the ship kind of slowly appears? And it's just a really nice artistic kind of thing. And obviously the soundtrack with it works really well. I mean, it's not... It, it doesn't develop into anything. There's no narrative in it. Um, it, it doesn't ever kind of build to, to like, any kind of point. But... Um, but I—that was the one that grabbed me the most, just from, you know, just kind of seeing that seeing that beginning of it. It, it kind of excited me. I looked at it as like, "Wow, where's this going to go?" And then, and then it kind of didn't. You know, it was just a series of very beautiful shots of really dangerous scenery. Um, so I, you know, like I say, I get why Frontier perhaps didn't choose it, um, but I, I do think that was exceptionally beautiful. Um, yeah. In the same way that um, Into the Light, again. Exceptionally beautiful and really, um, was, it, was it into the light? It should be into the light because it was the one, I'm thinking of one that was all about various kinds of light play. <laughs> um,
0: uh, <laughs> Lens flare-tastic.
1: Yeah, it had lots of really nice kind of, yeah, it was, it was into the light. Lots of really nice, uh, what's that thing, there's a Japanese word for um, when the thing in the foreground is like really out of focus in such a way that it makes all the lights kind of be like sparkly dots. I can't can't remember what it's called. There's a word for it. Um, But yeah, again, I mean, it's not... I don't think... I I, I personally still wouldn't have picked it as a winner because I don't think it had a kind of interesting narrative structure. And I don't mean narrative just in terms of like having a script or a story, but I think even if you're doing something that's a visual montage, there needs to be a kind of concise narrative thread to the way the images are changing from one thing to another. Like even a montage trailer develops and has certain ideas that kind of come together with the intercutting of images. Um, and for me, that one was very, very beautiful photography. But as a whole, I didn't understand necessarily, you know, what it was doing. Um, but I, you know, really liked it. And I have to say, I did really like the other one that had additions to it. Um, what was it called? Oh, basically, there was one that had um, uh, live action actors in it frameshift zero zero.
2: and that was an awesome awesome one it is awesome i love that one
1: i I have to call that one out particularly just for its sheer bloody ambition i mean Mm. basically if you i mean i know it kind of seems funny for me to, to compare it to like a 20 year old full motion video intro to a game but if you imagine that these guys with home equipment have produced something that cost the Wing Commander studio something like two hundred million dollars to make back in the nineties. I, I would say it's an incredible technical achievement. I do have some issues with it. I don't think necessarily all of the the framings of the people, you know, necessarily are quite good. But actually, when you look at it it's really well done. The lighting on the characters is right. The the superimposing of the actors against the backgrounds is right. The, uh, the narrative of the story is really well told. Uh, and there's a kind of, you know, space battles are notoriously hard to film in Elite Dangerous because You know, if you compare it to something like uh, X Men versus TIE Fighter, which had the ability where you could just go and have a great multiplayer fight and then you could play back the network code of the battle, you could basically replay it and you could cut it and you could change camera angles and do all this cool stuff. With Elite Dangerous, you have to fake everything, so you have to have your storyboard of your battle set out. In advance and you have to say right i need this shot i need this shot of a ship firing its guns i need this shot of a ship flying past i need this shot of a ship you know being being hit um it's it's a very hard thing to do and i think they really did nail in in frameshift zero (laughs) so the twitch chat room was saying which video we're talking about still yeah this is frameshift zero um i think they really nailed how you do the narrative of a of a kind of ship to ship dogfight um, but I think just on you know just on top of that the just the quality of the the way they've composited those actors onto proper elite dangerous in-game graphics I, I was kind of in awe of it a little bit I, I you know I really admired their ambition for it and I, but again you know I I kind of said you know that I have a feeling as to why. Frontier, haven't necessarily picked that one as a winner. I think if you're doing a competition like this and you're a games company, you're looking for something which really highlights the use of the tools that the game gives you, really shows off the in-game assets, and it probably helps if it really focuses on something that you're really keen at the moment to kind of promote. And the thing about about Sticky B, which was brilliant, and the thing about Frameshift Zero, is they both needed to add something to Elite Dangerous in order to make it kind of work as a video. Um, So Sticky B, one of the things that I really loved, again, was the the ship-to-ship combat. There was this brilliant section of the, um, I think it was a Type 6, kind of flying away, and all these kind of missiles with smoke trailing from them were kind of, chasing after it and exploding in the air and it looked like a really cool scene from an anime film and I don't necessarily know that you would have even been able to film that in Elite Dangerous and that's partly why they've used animation because they wanted to express something that perhaps the game in its natural state doesn't naturally you know that they, they express the feel of playing the game but the feel of playing the game is very hard to show just with videos. Um,
2: well they were using pack missiles in that Jarvis and they do look very, very similar to they, yeah, they, the they, anime effects. They do. not quite you know, they yes. were stylized.
1: Yeah, exactly. The whole the, the thing was stylized. Um, and even things like, you know, the ship the ship's shields getting hit by lasers and the shields going down, you know, that is an effect you can see in the game. But they'd kind of stylized it to make that point much more obvious. So this is what I mean. I I can see why they didn't win, because I think Frontier were looking for videos that just really used all the features of the game.
0: The winner was Stardust by yes. uh, Turgon Sandstorm. What do you think it was that sort of highlighted uh, to Frontier Developments that, that made that video particularly stand out?
1: I, I think it is. I think it is the fact that it uses completely in-game tools. The uh, Turgon Sandstone, the, the maker of the, the maker of the movie, has really understood the, the how to get the best out of the camera controls. So there's some great use of you know focus in there, and there's some great use of kind of mock handheld style footage at various points. You know, it's been put together by somebody who knows how to kind of edit together a dramatic sequence. It also uh, focuses very much on the Hollow Me characters. Uh, It uses them to uh, a great extent throughout the entire video, and I would say uses them to a very effective. Uh, extent, um, particularly showing because it's all about this story about this guy's. Um, I can't remember what it is whether it's a mother or a grandmother or something. But it's a, it's a bit him telling the story of her career as a as a as a um, a pilot, um, and it starts off kind of in flashback with her as a young woman, and then obviously later in the video it's her as an older woman. And they've obviously used the ageing, um, nice. the the effect to kind of t- to get that to get that to work. Um, and actually they've done something which, um, sorry, there's a correction coming in from Twitch. They're saying his name is Starstone. Oh, we've copied and pasted it as sandstone. That's interesting. I wonder where that mistake has originated from. We'll, we'll, we'll double-check in a minute. <laughs> Sorry, thank you for putting that out. Um, and the other thing they did that was really clever as well is rather than just aging the hollow me, they actually made the effort to put the hollow me into a different flight suit for the older nice. character, which which is kind of a really nice touch. And it's a thing that an awful lot of people forget. You have this idea that you design a character and your character that you've designed is wearing a particular costume. And you forget that if you're going to change scene to like 20 or 30 or 40 years later, chances are they're probably wearing something different. So I really appreciated that. Um, I think it was an excellent video. I wouldn't, I mean, um, sorry, Zach's in the chat room. He might might disagree with me horribly. I I think if I was picking a winner, I don't think I would necessarily, that wasn't personally my favourite from the list. I thought it was excellent. Um, But as I say, I think that for what Frontier we're looking for in this competition... I think that Stardust was the best expression of everything that they were kind of looking for. And and in term and not just that, because there were lots of other videos that just used the in-game tools and really showed off the in-game assets. But I think Stardust did it in a way that was not only very good technically, but actually had, you know, a great a great a great story, um, very, very solid editing and some very, very good camera work. Um yeah.
0: Cool. Okay. Well, I mean, let's uh, let's give the uh, the other people that entered this. Let's give the runners up uh, their due and give them a shout out as well. So, the, on the runner up side of things, we've got uh, Beauty of the Abyss by the Cookie Rebel, uh, Old Man's Harbour by Admiral Skooma, uh, Into the Light by Karim Yunus, Laser Cops by Golf by Golf Giraffe. He's going to kill me. Laser Cops by Ghost Giraffe, uh, Time Travel by Christopher Stevens. It Came from Earth by Tristanet, Sticky Bee by Entropy One Hundred One. Trailer by Syllidus and Frameshift Zero by Demilikos, Demilikos with honourable mentions going out to Carrie Fisher in Memorandum by Pixel Bandits, Cobra Mark Three by Thomas Sloma and Ride by Westcliff, Ride by Westcliff Gaming and Void, as we've already mentioned by Ryan One. So, um, yeah, do, yeah do, I take it your
1: Do go, and go check on. out Cobra Mark Three as well, because it's a very funny song. Um, I'm, I'm actually slightly disappointed that that one didn't make the runners-up, because I think it's up there with Still Alive from uh, from Portal. <laughs> from Portal.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we could possibly play it
2: out, play it in the stream if you want.
0: Oh, uh, we have enough problems uh, getting so, our own point. voices on the stream, let alone trying to do anything <laughs> fancy right, you, like that. You could, you
1: could play the video, and I'll stream the audio, and because it is ultimately a song, um, I'm hoping that it will be <laughs> legible without. Because the the video has. Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Subtitles. So I'm hoping ah. it will be understandable without subtitles, but we can do that if you want to do that. Okay.
0: Just, yeah, no, if you want okay, to try and uh, get that ready. Just whilst you, you're doing you guys that, just... talk amongst yourselves for a bit while I test it <laughs> up. What's happening at the moment, Jarvis, with the uh, the in-game mission? Uh, uh, have I don't... you managed to do a few instant jumps to uh, or have you just parked on your uh, landing pad and not driven down anything?
1: I've, I've, I've parked because we were talking about... Um... Oh,
0: wait, you cannot multitask
1: at all, can you? <laughs> <laughs> the thing is we were talking about I needed to go back to the show notes to get the names right for the videos and I was literally when we went to the thing was in the middle of just trying to find my pad I'd already tried to land on the wrong numbered pad and was getting shouted at by station security so I literally just thumped it down on the deck yeah just kind of left it speaking of thumping the ship down on the deck this is probably a good time to mention while Ben is getting sorted that next week on Wednesday we'll do this again in the chat at the end uh, but we're doing a special live radio launch stream for a new game the long journey home which is, is a it's a really nice space game uh, and uh, we'll, we'll talk about it again at the end um but yes if the the idea of landing your ship by just smacking it down on the ground as fast as you possibly can will be very familiar to anybody who decides to take on the long journey home i have to say one of the things i'm liking about the game because I've, I've got a press code for it so i've been playing it in advance of the release, um, is a lot of the skills that you have learnt from Elite Dangerous um, translate very effectively into the long journey home, albeit in two dimensions. So there you go, I'll just say that. But remind me again,
0: when that, uh, the, when's the embargo on
1: that? Oh. So the embargo for uh, streaming and reviews and that sort of thing is Monday. Uh, we obviously have our ordinary uh, Elite Dangerous show on Tuesday night, so yes, Wednesday night we will be doing the launch stream. And I think the game is officially released on the, the 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 tuesday on the 30th of um may but yeah we'll be doing a launch stream on on the the wednesday uh, and i'm hoping to have a guest on from the studio um and i'm hoping to have some codes that we can give away but they haven't come back to me on it yet <laughs> so um yeah watch this face
0: seeing as zach is hanging around in the uh, the chat room zach and uh zach what was your your personal, not your official Frontier Development hat on, just your personal favourite video uh, that was submitted for the Control Alt Space?
1: I don't think you can ask him that. Surely he selected the winner, and therefore. Oh, I'm sure that the, I'm sure there's
0: a panel. Let's be honest. I'm sure there was a panel of judges. I, th- I think Zach has to say he loved all of them, doesn't he? But
1: well, he has uh, said, I uh, to
2: a personal favourite. You're putting you on the spot here.
1: Okay, now, so I have a question, and I'm really worried that I'm going to be embarrassed because it's going to be an actual clip from a Star Wars thing. Um, But there was a voiceover to the Carrie Fisher in Memoriam thing. Was that voiceover from something, or was that recorded by one of the players? Because I really recognised it, but I couldn't place it.
3: Ladies and gentlemen, we gather here today after our short pilgrimage to pay our respects to one of the finest people the galaxy has ever known. With a family torn almost beyond repair, and with their home destroyed, this brave leader forged a path and was instrumental in defeating one of the greatest evils this galaxy has ever known. Her bravery shall not go forgotten. We shall not let her passing go unmarked, and we shall forever remember the leadership, her compassion, and grace, and her sacrifice for the rebellion. she rests now here among the stars one of the greatest military leaders the galaxy has ever known but to us mass, you will always be royalty we leave you today but you shall forever remain in our hearts and in our memories may your journey bring you the peace you so deserve the force will be with you always
1: neither Not for me, well, not for me either. Anyone in the chat room, does anyone in the chat room recognise that monologue from the Carrie Fisher video? Because I, I felt like <laughs> I'd heard it somewhere before, um, but I, I, couldn't, I couldn't place it.
0: Okay, uh, uh, well, Zach's come back to us and uh, said that, yeah, as I suspected, you know, because you know, Frontier don't mess about here, you know, there was, there was a panel of judges, you know, there was a few people <laughs> picking, um, so he didn't actually select the winner. Um but uh, his favourite was, in fact, the winner. He says he thought that the story was actually really beautiful, and uh, I believe uh, from messages that have come in that um, it was actually dedicated to um, to his mum as well. So oh, cool. I think it was actually de- uh, dedicated to uh, to Terjean Starstone's mum, uh, which adds a nice element to it as well. So uh, yeah, at least Zach's happy then. So his favourite came uh, came first. So nice. Uh, cool. Ben, have you got the uh, the sound ready for uh, Cobra Mark Three? Oh. I have the video ready if Chris has the sound.
1: Uh, if you spoil it to me, I will broadcast it. So there you go uh, i think what um, I actually, yes i think what i actually need to do is for the podcast is replace the audio on that because that did not sound pretty skype <laughs> i
0: was going to say for those people that are listening to this back on the podcast uh, that's what are we going to sound a damn sight more professional than it did during the live version so apologies to the people that are listening in twitch live i think what uh, we need to try and do I think you get the gist
1: yeah we need to try and post the lyrics out with the show notes as well because i i found just listening to the audio it's not as easy to hear without the subtitles
2: it's in the it's in the video anyway. But one yeah. thing I loved was the I don't want to call it a dig, but the fact he's saying you know thanks to multicrew I could record the Cobra Mark 4, because the guy own. Yeah, yeah. So
1: the yeah, Cobra no.
0: Mark
2: IV
1: was that was that still exclusive? That was the exclusive one for Kickstarter backers. Well, not Kickstarter backers, <laughs> kick- people who uh, bought the original the- version of the game. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, okay, I forgot um, about that. What was it called? The um, Was it called the Mercenary Edition or something like that?
0: Founder's Pack, wasn't it? Something
2: like that? It's going back a bit.
1: It's going It'd back happened.
2: a bit. i have to look at,
0: yeah. Um, okay, but I mean, in fairness, is he missing much with the Goal
1: Mark IV? Oh, no, but Twitch, channel, Twitch channel, Sorry, correcting, yes, bit. it was for pre-ordering Horizons.
0: okay. So if you pre order Horizons... Still stands, though, are you missing much by not having the Cobra Mark IV? No, I I th- yeah,
1: no. <laughs> no. I think I, th- I don't think I don't think the Cobra Mark IV is loved. Um, no,
0: I don't think it's got much love out there. Um, unless you're a collection whore, um, yeah, and you just need to have your hangers full of every ship going in the game. I don't think you're really going to miss not having a Cobra Mark IV.
1: You know, you know what he's thinking. He's thinking like the Cobra Mark III is brilliant. So, like the sequel to the Cobra Mark III must be amazing, and unfortunately, that is not how things work.
0: I nah, see that whole, that <laughs> opens up a whole new level of conversations as to what sequel was actually better than the original. Apart from Aliens, um, what no, sequel is actually better? We're going to fall,
1: we're going to fall out of this because no. Aliens is not better than Alien. Everyone always uh, says that, and it's not better. I think it's, it's a is. different film.
0: It's a different film. I enjoyed Aliens more than I enjoyed Alien. Alien was a great film. Don't get me wrong, but I enjoyed Aliens more. But put aliens to one side. What other sequel was better than the Empire. original? Empire.
2: Empire is definitely better than New Hope. <sighs> it's always the there same that up.
1: come up. I've got, I've got, yeah. I've got a fiver on someone saying Terminator Two in a minute.
0: Ah, Terminator <laughs> Two. Now that was better. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is one of those pop culture conversations that, that just will will never die um, but no but I mean that's the thing I think the the, the Cobra Mark 3 is a very clever balance of some different things mm. and what they what they obviously tried to do with the Cobra Mark 3 was then to was to modify it slightly give it a little bit more weight give it a little bit more a little bit more power and all these sorts of things um, and they actually just broke <laughs> effectively broke, broke what dynamic. made the Cobra Mark 3 so great um <laughs> You know, in the same way that, like, like the Asp Explorer is an amazing ship, um, but the Asp Scout is just okay.
0: Yeah, yeah. It, it, I suppose it highlights what a difficult job Frontier actually have in terms of balancing all of these ships. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, yeah, you know, because it is just little tweaks here and there that actually break the whole dynamic of a ship. And, you know, as you say, you love the Explorer, but actually the Scout... Crap ship, not a great ship. Cobra Mark Three, brilliant ship. It, it? Yeah, well, I mean, what else is uh, what else has been tweaked? Um, the Viper. Uh, we've got the. Uh, mm. There's two Vipers in the game, isn't there?
1: Yeah, although they're actually both versions of the Viper seem to be loved for different reasons. Okay. Do people use to- the IEagle? Oh, do people use the IE? I suppose I don't know. Do people use the eye eagle? NPCs use it a lot. I <laughs>
2: I'm pretty sure it's used for racing.
1: Okay. Ah, uh, okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I, I never use my, I never use either of my Eagles anymore because I've got the Vulture now, and anything that I would do with an Eagle, I do in my Vulture. I kind of miss yeah. it. I kind of miss the fun of the uh, the Eagle. <laughs> no, anyway, so speaking of ships, we have kind of brushed over the uh, the newsletter a little bit, but there was um. Or have we not? Sorry, have we not got to the newsletter yet?
0: No, you can crash on into the newsletter because I know which bit of the newsletter you're going to highlight, which is the bit that I picked out from the newsletter as well. And I think you're right, so go on, knock yourself out.
1: No, it's fine. No, no so we've got um, paint packs for the the new dolphin. Yes. Uh, which is looking very cute. Uh, and as I'm not, I don't want to, I don't want to steal your thunder because actually, um, I think you made a point about it which I didn't even think of. Uh, I think it was, <laughs> I think it was exactly a very, valid point. Is.
0: It's not exactly the most world-shattering point. It's just the fact that having the new uh, color tones on the dolphin actually make the dolphin look like a dolphin is all I said. As I was going say it's not earth-shattering, but you've got a really nice sort of uh, gunmetal gray, and you've got a uh, sort of like a, a light sort of river dolphin-type pink. Uh, yeah. And, yeah, putting those two skins on the dolphin, you can actually see the influences of the dolphin on the, uh, on the ship design. So, yeah, if I was flying a dolphin, I would have to be flying a gray dolphin. Just,
1: yeah. So here's, here's a question, actually, because I'm not always totally up to date on all the paint packs that Frontier have. Um, does the Orca have an actual killer whale skin? Because they should do that. Mm, that would be,
2: but I don't think it does. I don't think it's got like a black and white killer whale skin.
1: I think Frontier are missing. Frontier are missing a trick if they don't have an Orca skin for the Orca. I think
0: it will come. But I mean, what's the difference <laughs> between an Orca skin and a cow skin? I mean, you've got to be very careful here, as the uh, as the designer, the graphics designer, not to just make make the beluga look like a heifer.
1: <laughs> I think the um, the uh, a killer whale's black and white sections are much more rigidly defined, aren't they? I mean, every uh, my understanding is that every killer whale has the same colour patterning as every other killer whale. Really? Whereas, whereas cows have a random. Pattern. Oh, okay. That's my my layman's understanding. I mean, I'm sure someone who is an expert on on killer whales. Uh, orcas or would be able to tell you the the subtle differences between the, the, the colouring on one <laughs> and another. But well, my, my understanding is that in the same way as like pandas, pandas have the same black and white sections as every other panda. I,
0: I, you know, I hadn't even thought of that. I thought they would have been sort of distinctive markings but keeping on a theme.
2: <laughs> and I'm sure <laughs> and pandas looking at you guys think that you two look exactly the same as well. That's <laughs> true. It's true. Jesus so <laughs> and so's uh,
1: and So in Twitch chat, Gez is saying, does the Beluga have a skin that makes it look like a can of caviar? (laughs) Very much. I think it should do. (laughs) Um,
0: Oh, cool. Um, Okay. I'm wondering what else has been going on um, out there at the moment. What about the community goals? What was the latest? How did it finish up uh, Ben with the, um, uh, with the cannon?
2: Canon got—we've—Canon uh, was knocked on its head eight, uh, last week, I believe it was. Uh, that came both the missions there reached max values, and today we got our decals. So yay!
0: Oh, so they've actually gone onto ships now. You can actually select
2: them. We, I am modelling a decal if I could find the sun. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately,
0: I couldn't find any sun earlier when I was looking for it. No worries. Did you have a point you wanted to make about the uh, the dolphin just whilst I was thinking about it?
2: Yeah, it's just something that was raised. If you look at the Dolphin and the Beluga, I believe it is, don't you think they actually look like they're ships that could go underwater? Mm. Very much so. You know, you look at those ships and they they, they look like they would be at home under the sea.
0: Mmm, sneaky.
1: Mm. <laughs> That would, that would be amazing. I don't want to get my hopes up, though, for, for underwater exploration.
0: <laughs> Come case. on, it's a 10-year plan. After all, it's just a switch underwater
1: it's a switch it's, a, <laughs> oh, no, it's no, just no, like space no, no. with the blue fog filter isn't it exactly yeah. <laughs> that's, that's how games used to do it it's like the old um, the old thing in, like on the Amiga whenever like, you used to have a game where you used to fly underwater they'd just turn the low pass filter on it's like yeah we're not going to do any different sound effects for being underwater we're just going to apply a low pass filter to everything and be done with it that's not frontiers do they? it's just have an underwater filter for uh, airless planets
0: no, but I like, I do like your thinking. Um God, can you imagine how far down the line that would be? Atmospheric planets that you can actually you know fly under the sea. Um,
1: I'm actually just watching a beluga taking off just now. <laughs> you couldn't um I mean even in front of your first encounters, you couldn't go underwater. That's the only one I've never played. You couldn't go underwater in that, could you?
0: No, no, not at all.
1: Because no. the Moray Starboard should, was always. What about the Merlin be. then? I thought, not the Merlin, the, the Moray. Yeah, the moray. I thought one of the minnows go on. No, Maybe in it's it was like, fan
0: section it, it, stuff. I don't what? think it actually went underwater in game.
1: No, it, in, its, in its description, it says it can go underwater, but you couldn't actually do it. So there you go.
0: I wish well, I mean, of things we want to see in front in uh, in lead dangerous. <laughs>
1: But I do just want to kind of—I I know there's probably not enough people <laughs> watching the show tonight to, to to make a difference. But do check out the uh, x One Kickstarter. Even if you're not <laughs> going to back it, right? Just go and look at the videos because what x One has done with exploring an atmospheric planet is incredible looking. I mean, I'm really—I'm just—I'm just blown away by the quality of the just the the clouds. Uh, the kind of dust particles in the air, the way the wind swirls around. It just looks, yeah, it just looks amazing. Um, so, yeah, tiny URL uh, forward slash XO dash one, I think was what we set for it, was it?
0: Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, when's it run out?
1: Uh, I can't remember, let me look it up and I will I will double check that tiny URL while I'm at it. Yeah, XO-1. Um, so yes, um Bewilderbeast is asking in Twitch. No, it's not it's not XO1, it's XO EXO1 O N E. Uh, and it's about uh, it's it's a game that's a bit it sort of reminds me of Marble Madness crossed with like a UFO. Um, you're basically this ball that can roll around a planet's surface. But if you build up enough momentum, you can flick up into the sky, morph into a kind of flat UFO-shaped disc, and then glide. And yeah, there are seven days to go. Um, I mean, he's on 13000 Australian dollars of 35000 Australian dollars. I mean, my feeling is, with only a quarter of the timescale to go, and only a third of the project funded... My, my, you know, my my Kickstarter gut feeling is, it's not going to get funded.
0: With it being only a third of its way through, I, I can't see that one uh, go in the distance, unfortunately. Um, but apart from you pimping it, mate, I haven't actually seen it crop up. So maybe it's one of these ones where he needs to get slightly better at getting the message out.
1: Well, you say that it was. I mean, it was featured in Edge and Eurogamer, and it made a big um, impact at one of. Sorry, not Eurogamer. Rock, paper, shotgun. Um, and uh, E G X Rest uh, the it's got some sort of award. I don't. I don't know well, okay, what well, some award maybe, is. maybe I was
0: going to say. So if it's, if it's had that much bit of publicity, why is nobody backing it?
1: I, just, I don't know. It's, a, yeah, it's, a, it's the same story with a lot of interesting things that, like, I mean, to, again, to talk about Chaos Reborn. Chaos Reborn was uniformly loved by the critics and the press. You know, critically. Chaos Reborn was a massive, massive success, um, and and everyone who uh, you know, everyone who kind of played it in the industry absolutely loved it. But it just didn't pick up a huge number of players. It's very much a niche, you know. It's very much a niche game. And x One seems to be the same sort of thing. For for people who are uh, critics or writers or people who are kind of interested in experimental games. Um, You know, someone like me, who's kind of always interested in quirky little indie titles, I think X01 is a beautiful game of planetary exploration. Um, But I just, you know, I don't necessarily know whether something like that would would make a big public, you know, lots of gamers coming to it and being like, wow, you know, you've got to play this game. I mean, even in their Kickstarter blurb, they've described it as... um, kubrick's tiny wings <laughs> if you can you imagine a game like tiny wings made by stanley kubrick that you know that's how they're describing it themselves so it's very much a niche uh game from that point of view but i i don't know maybe maybe the day has maybe the day has passed when you can get niche projects funded on kickstarter i don't know that, that would be a shame if that's true um, yeah, I mean,
0: you, you say that Chaos Reborn didn't find a uh, find an audience, which is surprising considering how many sort of forum dads and stuff used to play Chaos uh, Battle of Wizards on the Spectrum. Uh, mm. But Julian Gollop, obviously famous for XCOM, now coming out with Phoenix Point, which is um, very much more sort of along the lines of uh, of XCOM, very much sort of a, of a similar stable, uh, and that has, uh, I mean, Jesus, that was funded in uh, in less than a day, so. Mm yeah you know, it's it just goes to show that yeah there is an audience for the mainstream stuff and maybe not so much of an audience as you say for some of the niche stuff
1: yeah i mean that was the thing i mean you know chaos reborn was kind of a bit of a marmite thing with people with the um, the the kind of percentage to hit mechanic in the game mm-hmm. and it was obviously after about a year of people playing it and reviewing it and lots of arguments about rngs and all these sorts of things you know they they kind of relented and implemented more of a, a classic RPG mechanic by giving the creatures hit points. And you can play it much more like a traditional turn-based game now. Um, and that was a kind of, you know, that was a bit of a sop to the kind of the mainstream. But actually, the thing that was interesting and distinctive about the strategy in Chaos Reborn was around managing those random, you know, those, those, percent- those yeah. percentage outcomes. Um, but, you know, it's, it's one of these sad things that the public and gamers and you know whether it's gamers or whether it's people watching movies or people watching tv a lot of the time people just want more of the same stuff they've already enjoyed and when somebody does put something new in front of them that they really like and didn't know that they would like then that new thing then becomes a hit that everybody else is copies like minecraft like there's, there's mm-hmm. a, there's a thousand Minecraft clones out there, but when Minecraft did its original thing, Minecraft was the only one. And there were people who looked at the original Minecraft and was like, what's the point? But actually, what's
0: the the phrase? Is it familiarly different, uh, differently familiar or something like that? It's yeah. It's basically having enough for it to be different, but familiar enough so that people have a comfort zone and want to watch it.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean that you know, and uh, it's what you see all the time with with movie with you know, with like movie sequels. Um, it was one of my frustrations with the second series of Humans that actually they they could have gone on and done something very different with series two. I did still really enjoy it, but I, I did sort of feel that what they did with the Human series two was basically make series one again with slightly different character emphasis. Um, and I think it's you know. I, the sad thing is, there was a, there's a saying I heard somewhere that if, because people say, oh, you should just give the audience what they want. If people, mm. if creators only gave the audience what they wanted, all we would still have is one thing.
0: Yeah, and that's how you end up with Fast and Furious number eight and
1: stuff. <laughs> yeah. but, um, yeah. I mean, you do have to push the think, envelope.
0: Uh, you do and nick in the nick in the chat makes quite a good point around the uh the x01 saying which is you know besides the yeah the interesting navigation mechanic and the procedurally generated environment there doesn't seem to be much else in the game and those things were were present in no man's skies and maybe there's a sort of a backlash or a little bit of um yeah people are burnt out by procedural generated uh open landscape games such as no man's skies
1: yeah maybe um yeah, I mean, like I say, it's. I mean, it's a. The thing is, it's an indie budget. It's not like with this XO one thing. It's not like they're talking about developing a forty or fifty quid game. You know, this is a budget game. the 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 Kickstarter tier to get the full copy of the game is something like fifteen Australian dollars, which isn't you know, which isn't a lot by any so. It's one of those things where if they were kind of saying, well, this is going to be like a 40 quid release, I would probably say, well, I'm not seeing a lot of gameplay here. But for something which is, I don't know, what is what is what 15 Australian dollars? Uh, it's, it's, you know, £8.50. If we're, if, we're talk- if we're talking about an indie game, which is sub £10, I think, you know, it's interesting to play it purely based on an interesting mechanic and one of the things interesting about it is it's been described as being quite similar to journey now journey is one of those games that if you look at it from one point of view you could say i don't understand where the gameplay is in this but actually journey is a very intricate and memorable experience Uh, it's a game which i i'll be totally honest i only played it once i played it all the way through in a single evening in four hours and I have not yeah. revisited it, but it's really kind of stuck with me. And I, you know, and if a, if a game is like that, then I'm, then I'm happy. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It, it is difficult to tell from his videos what the actual gameplay is, other than building up enough momentum with your ball to get <laughs> a kind of decent stretch of gliding and flying in. And I mean, you know, back in the day, we used to play like Marble Madness. <laughs>
0: yeah, but people expect more now. And also do if, you about, more. if you think about if you think about yeah, Steam has been good and bad in terms of, you know, the screen green light program and everything else. There is a lot of stuff out there. You get access to a lot of stuff in early development stages now. Um, and I think you see you see a lot of similar things. Not so much maybe with the XO one, but you see a lot of similar early games in development and you know, which one do you put your eight pounds fifty into?
1: No, that's true oh uh, yeah, there are there are all kinds of things out there. And like I say, if it wasn't that uh, if it wasn't that one stood out for me so significantly kind of above the crowd, uh, I wouldn't have backed it. but I just, yeah, it just looks amazing. And I mean, not even if you look at his updates, he did a twitch stream recently where he showed the game in more of a kind of recent state, and it just looked even more incredible.
0: Maybe that's a, maybe that's an idea for another podcast. Um, yeah. Where you can do a rundown of uh, of the stuff that's caught your caught your eye on Steam.
1: I, I, do you know, know early what? Do, know, do you know what? I honestly thought, I honestly saw it, and I thought, I really hope Frontier see the tech that's going into XO One and think we could just hire this guy. <laughs> because if honestly, if the if the atmospheric planet landings looked as good as the videos of XO One, I'd be happy. Really, honestly.
0: Because with an extra layer of polish on, maybe, but uh, you've got to think that uh, with the timelines and stuff that Frontier are working to, there's already people sat in uh, Frontier Towers working on planetary landings. There will be an element of it already working on some of these. Well, yeah, probably. But anyway, um, we are rapidly running out of stuff to talk about. So rather (laughs) than bore everybody to death... Um, let's just uh, quickly run through some of the shout-outs and then draw it to a close and then if you guys are happy to uh, to stay on uh, on Twitch we'll try and complete a few of these missions with the people that we uh, have have kindly joined us in-game uh, and then close it off with the podcast. So what have we got in terms of shout-outs?
1: Ooh, we've got, well, another mention just then, uh, next Wednesday night, as I say, uh, The Long Journey Home is a new game by uh, Didalic. It is a procedurally generated space travel game. It's very different to uh, Elite Dangerous. It is a game that mostly plays in two dimensions. So it's um, kind of a bit like a sort of thrust type. It's really really hard to describe. Um, Basically, it is a story of a ship which has an accident with its experimental faster-than-light drive and ends up on the other side of the galaxy. And you have to get your crew back to earth alive and in one piece. And along the way, you meet lots of different alien races, discover lots of technology. Uh, I have to say, I mean, it's a very small team that's made this game. The amount of different content and different story lines I'm coming across is actually a little bit breathtaking. Um, the game controls, I'm really struggling to describe them. It's like kind of, it's like thrust done as a AAA game. <laughs> uh, just come along next Wednesday night uh, so I'll be starting the stream at 7 o'clock um, we're going to take a really good look at the long journey home and yeah, do do join me for that this this won't be on my personal stream, this will be on the Lave Radio uh, stream um, so yeah, 7pm, twitch.tv forward slash Lave Radio um, and that should be good, come join me
0: Cool, what about um, the other shout out that came in from uh, Commander I'm going to put you this in, 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 you do it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, a shout out to Commander Zenoic, who has found a good reason to listen to Lave Radio while taking morphine. Uh, I think he's probably ahead of the curve with some of the listeners. Uh, he is currently in hospital with kidney stones, so all of our best wishes from here at Lave Radio. Um, he says he'll be tuning into today's show to take his mind off things. See us at LaveCon. So, uh, All the best, Commander. Do get well, and we will see you when you are feeling much better.
0: (laughs) Much, much better. And on less morphine.
1: Well, you know, let's not not rule out morphine for uh, for later.
0: (laughs) We don't judge judge listeners here. It's absolutely fine. Absolutely. well, one thing I will put out as a, as a small request, obviously we've seen the, uh, the announcement that uh, Elite Dangerous is coming to the PlayStation 4 in the not-too-distant future, so uh, for all of you guys who are current listeners, if you wouldn't mind, uh, I know it's not really the... Uh, Uh, The podcast uh, station of choice for most of our listeners, but if you wouldn't mind heading over to iTunes and giving us an iTunes review, uh, that would just help bump up Lay radio to the top of the podcast when it comes to searches for Elite Dangerous, which I'm sure there'll be a few PlayStation 4 owners. Starting to look for information about the game, and uh, yeah, it just increases our visibility and hopefully allows us to catch some new listeners. So, if you wouldn't mind heading over to iTunes uh, and giving us some nice reviews, uh, we'd be very grateful for that. Uh, Ben, anything else you need to add out? Unless that was a hint for
2: me that I've forgotten, I don't think so.
0: No, I'm just talking (laughs) about who's been joining you in game in terms of uh, doing the missions.
2: Off now, (laughs) but.
1: I did take a photograph of it
2: because uh, I thought, "Wow, that's a lot of people!" So I took a photo of it.
1: Okay, and while it while he's doing that, I'm just going to shout out our two awesome Lavecon 2017 sponsors. We are sponsored by the EDRPG and EdTracker. EDRPG is the new tabletop role-playing game uh, produced by Spider-Mind Games. This gives you the opportunity to get involved in all kinds of Elite Dangerous adventures away from your PC, although not necessarily if you're playing uh, online with other (laughs) players, Uh, but it it is a tabletop gaming system set in the Elite Dangerous universe. It is officially licensed by Frontier. It features incredible artwork from a range of artists uh including some names that will be very familiar to the elite dangerous community people like kevin massey who does the commander portraits and um what's his name one of the original concept art guys uh, in the early days of the kickstarter what was his name uh josh attack has been doing some art for them uh and it's and we've we've also recorded a very special uh of Live radio playing the edrpg which will be out soon um, and you guys can play that later in the year. And we are also sponsored by uh, Ed Tracker or EdTracker. Uh, you can go to edtracker.org.uk. There we go. edtracker.org.uk. Uh, Ed Tracker is a head tracking solution for Elite Dangerous and other games. It basically gives you a very simple and low-cost device which attaches somewhere to your head, usually on a pair of headphones, or if you're like me, an attractive Alex Band from Claire's Accessories. Uh, it basically gives you a joystick which you can control with your head rotation, and it gives you a really accurate tool for looking around in Elite Dangerous. It completely revolutionises your flight and gunfighting experience. So we, we, I can't say who's been doing missions for
2: us, but I know while we were all hanging out at the Orange Sidewinder, we had Commanders Bograt, Juki, Halcyon, Lenin, Lenon, uh, Masek Blaine, Maximilian Chili, sort of, Miggles <laughs> for various random numbers, Nophelius, changing pictures, Nophelius, we had Palms, Steve Tyler, and Sla. Cool, um, I tried for doing a whole load of missions, and unfortunately, Lave Radio don't want to talk to me or give me missions that'll fit a large ship. So I'm kind of sulking with that old woman, because she doesn't want to do anything
0: for me. No, uh, I've always said that woman had style, that woman had class, that woman has uh, has taste.
2: Hold up, they ain't getting no missions off me.
0: Cool. Well, as I say, we're going to stay on air for a little bit after after the actual podcast is finished, and we're going to try and do a few more missions. But up until then, that's it for another episode of Lave Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, then you can email us at info at Facebook forward slash Lave Radio, or we're at Lave Radio on Twitter, or you could join our Discord channel by going to tinyurl.com forward slash Lave Chat. Our TeamSpeak servers are teamspeak.laveradio.com. And, of course, we record the show live on a Tuesday evening at 8.30 and stream it at laveradio.com forward slash live. And we're obviously on twitch.com forward slash laveradio. Thank you very much to Chris and to Ben for joining me in the Orange Sidewinder this evening. Until next time, fly safe. And if you can't do that, fly dangerous.
4: Alnet News Digest, 25th of May, 33:03. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, superpowers expand again, again. Mischief managed. The dirt between our toes. Hutton orbital crew taken hostage in daring raid. Superpowers expand again, again. The superpowers have announced plans to expand further into the Pleiades, with the Empire organising its effort in Marope, and the Federation collecting materials in Maya. What can be said that hasn't been said already? According to Commander Salome, the superpowers are only pretending to compete for meta-alloys, and are really preparing for imminent invasion by aliens. So the right thing to do is to support both superpowers. When the aliens come, we must be prepared. Mischief Managed The Small Worlds 2 expedition is preparing to set off. Intended to give new commanders a feel for exploration, it's also a fun way for seasoned explorers to socialise with other people who think that an evening of honk, scoop, jump, is having a good time. Last year's Small Ships Expedition featured one of the most spectacular mass jumps ever seen, and there are hopes that this can be recreated. Commander Harry Potter of the SDC is one of the commanders who signed up, but it's okay. He's turned over a new leaf, and he's only wanting to help. The organisers have a zero-tolerance approach to murder, and the recommendation is that no-one needs to bring any weapons. Small Worlds 2 runs for five days from the 3rd of June. As the name suggests, only small ships may take part. So put that conda back in the hangar. The Dirt Between Their Toes Yet another generation ship has been discovered, next to a white dwarf in the Cherick Drift system. From the logs so far recovered, it appears that the designers of the generation ship Atlas forgot to provide any means of stopping the ship once it arrived at its destination, which seems a bit careless. Was the crew able to come up with a plan to save the passengers, or did everyone perish as the ship continued on its pre-programmed trajectory past the target planet? Find out in next week's exciting instalment. Nearly New Canon Interstellar's new megaship, the Gnosis, with a G, has been constructed, with what might be considered almost indecent haste, and it is already open for business in the Verati system. The speed with which the ship was constructed has led to speculation that it is in fact an ex-showroom model that has been occupying the back four kilometres of Cowlin McGrath's showroom for the last 800 years. A spokesman for the manufacturer made no comment, but was unable to stop smiling. Hutton Orbital crew taken hostage in daring raid In breaking news, the Hutton Orbital Radio outside broadcast ship has been captured by the evil Don Antonacci, working with his federal-aligned allies in the EDF. The radio crew, consisting of Dick Chafing, Rudolf Fucker, Mike Oxlong, the Hot Pit team and Commander Flossie, have all been taken hostage. According to a message smuggled out shortly after, it's believed that they're being held hostage at Vert's Pride in the Wolf 359 system. Rescue parties are being organised, and there's every hope the crew can be rescued, together with a rebuy on the outside broadcast ship, in time for next week's broadcast. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News, we read the news so you don't have to.